happy to see you too. I miss you. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. So much to catch up on. I feel like what an incredible trip you were on. Yeah. It's been a wild summer. So, so, so much travel and like balancing like travel and then being back for a week and then traveling again. And so you've been going back and forth. Yeah. I've gone back and forth to Europe now three times, potentially oh. for next month now. Yeah. It's been a lot. I know that we're. <laughs> it's not like you're on the East Coast and that's kind of not as big of a deal. That's a big trip. All I can say is, like, thank God I enjoy airplanes. And actually, there's something about airplanes that, like, help my, like, ADHD. And there's, like, a magical, like, focusing component of it. That, like, when I'm in my little cubby hole, I'm like, so I finished my book on the airplane. So (laughs) So that was great. It's like I, I also, like. Um, I love meditating when I'm flying too. I don't know why. I just feel like when I'm in, like I'm floating in the sky, it's just so good. So my favorite and listening to music or chants, I get so deep. I think a lot of people get into a sort of a reflecting place when they're in the air, because it is a complete perspective change. You're yeah. flying. And when you look out the window, you are in the sky, you're in the clouds. <laughs> and it sort of does sort of shift people if you want to sort of have that shift it's readily available so I relate to that I think most people relate do you know what I mean yeah because it is like it's this this I think I read one of these like really old books I don't know if it was Florence no it's definitely Florence Gulbushin is way too old but like it was one of those kind of like whatever older older books and they were (laughs) Now I'm like, wow, airplanes aren't around that long. What am I saying? This woman was talking about how like an airplane is like this. It's this journey from like one place to another. Yeah. Right. And so you're in this like liminals. You're like the in the great in between. Right. And an airplane. So it's just like a powerful time to, um, you know, set intentions for like, okay, I'm literally like stepping off the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Going into the above. Yep. And then stepping down on the earth, can I step down on the earth as like a different version of me, Ooh. right? Or as like a next level version of me. So I live for that kind of stuff. I actually, so one, another place that I lo- learned that I love meditating is in the car. When my husband is driving and I'm in the car with my two little kids. Okay. So the older version of me, that was definitely when I would feel myself get the most anxious and controlling where I then become a backseat driver. And I'm just, I could feel sort of this anxiety. So instead I started, when we take long trips, I started to meditate and it has become my most favorite place. My kids know, they say mommy's meditating and it's sort of a great example for them, but not that I want to disengage and I'm not, if they talk to me. I'm there. I'm available. But sometimes I imagine kind of what you're talking about when you're leaving the earth and you're in the sky on a plane, it's the same thing when you're in a car. If you just imagine what's happening, your butt is moving at 70 miles an hour. It doesn't feel like (laughs) what you are. You're flying. You're actually flying and your feet are not on the ground. You're in the car. So sometimes I just have this image in my mind of you can see through the car and all these people are just zipping by at 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. And there's something about that that I really enjoy because what, what we have made that so normal. But if you think about it, it's kind of amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love that. I also, it's funny. I did that 
we were in Poland and we were, I was with my sister-in-law and she has these two little boys, one's five and one's seven. And they were getting into a fight over these like little Lego things that they had in the back sure. of the car. And my, my husband's driving and I'm the, the front seat and they're getting into a fight. And she's like, she's just like a rock star mom. She's just like, you know, she's just so like, I don't know, conscious about how she navigates the conversation and stuff. So she like kind of just dis, dis, disengages it or whatnot and gets him to try to calm down. And I just like decide, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn on my 528 Hertz, my sulfagio frequency, right? I put that on. My husband goes, oh, it's meditation time because he knows what that means. (laughs) And then I'm like, and we're all just going to take a deep breath. (laughs) And we just, we did a group meditation in the car. Your energy definitely has an impact of the people around you. No, we can't control each other's reality. You can influence people. So if you get back into alignment, it's going to encourage the people around you to do the same that, you know, they rise to your level. Yeah. And it offers them like an interesting opportunity. You know, they're like, if you, if you're not thinking of it, then yeah. And I think even if they're not like down to meditate or whatnot, it's still, like you said, it's like your energy shifts and it's like such a different environment. I think especially with kids, but with like humans in general, right. It's like, we're so sensitive to each other's energy. So even like one person making that choice to be like, I'm going to anchor myself in peace. Then all of a sudden, like everyone else feels a little bit safer, right? And has a little bit more. And it's such a counterintuitive from how we've been conditioned our whole lives, which is to relate to people, to connect to people, to be accepted and not rejected. So we're so used to in a conversation if someone's not feeling good and it's, oh man, listen, what happened to me? We're so used to getting in the mud and going, oh yeah, no, me too. Listen. And that is always how we've connected everyone. So I'm not making it wrong. We all do it. And even to this day, there's such a fine sort of dance happening when your friends call and they're in the contrast and they don't really want to hear that perspective right off the bat, you know, but it is such a learning moment. And you do see evidence of if you, if you can maintain your alignment even though you're empathetically feeling what someone's going through, that has so much more powerful of an impact. Oh my God. And I, I love that you brought that up. Oh my God. Of course, we're already having to record. <laughs> By the way, everyone. By the way. This is our first episode of Coffee with Cass and Jack. Okay. So this is our series within our series. We want to welcome everyone. And now we are going to jump in. I'm excited to hear what you have to say So first of all, I just want to say, yeah, this is our little series and I wanted to have this on our podcast because I think it's so fun. You know, people hear us interview other people. I love listening to your podcast. I know you've listened to my podcast and they often like on our podcast hear us in like that kind of, I don't know, teacher position. Right. And so I thought it'd be fun to do these kind of coffee chats with each other where we're really talking about like what what's kind of going on with us and like what we're working through and what we're navigating and what like the kind of conversations we would have over coffee um, so that people can also get a glimpse of like what our journey is like and what our growth looks like and and as we're like moving and expanding in the desires that we're calling in and events and different things so I'm so excited you agreed to do this you me you had the inspiration and I knew immediately that it was divinely inspired and you attracted it and I couldn't wait and it's so because it is I think important to share how we are navigating 
the stuff and the shit in our own lives and then how we apply sort of this knowledge and clarity we have and these tools that we have. So, you know, everyone can relate because no one is living a life of above, above contrast. Otherwise, why would we be here? What are we doing? And I just feel like that's inauthentic. That's, that's not real, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because this is actually, I want to put a pin in the other, they definitely have some stuff to say about the kind of like friendships based on like commiserating and how to kind of like dance. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but how this was actually born, this inspiration was through me doing something that we talked about on the podcast that we did together. If someone, I'll put a link below for that, the other podcast we did together, where at the end, we kind of gave people a challenge. Like, what if you just do things based on inspiration? What if you just do things that feel good? And so I found myself, got back from my third European trip and was just home. Or no, that was the second one when I, I had yet to go on the third one before I texted you. Anyway, I was in this space of like, so overwhelmed, right? And it's like, you know, when you travel, there's like certain things you can't do on the road and like certain things you have to schedule for when you're back and like, you know, just like normal human travel work juggling. And so I was in this space of feeling like, Oh, every day when I like woke up and like looked at my to-do list and like this laundry list of things that I need to get done. And it was like, you know, funking up my vibe. And <laughs> so I had this, you know, I, I was journaling. I went to my favorite coffee shop and that's like kind of what I do is like a pattern interrupt sometimes. Like I go outside, I get some sunshine, I go to my coffee shop and I just journal out all of the muck. And then like, once I journal out all the muck, I'll get, you know, eventually like my guides will start talking to me or, you know, that'll pipe up. And so what I really got was like, okay, there's all these things that you're not feeling lit up by that you're not feeling inspired to do right now that you're trying to like white knuckle force yourself to do. What is like, what are things that would feel really good right now? What are things that would, you know, light you up? And so I wrote a bunch of random things down and it was everything from like clean my bathroom counter off, <laughs> to, you know, like that, just, to, just to set the stage appropriately here. Like, it was like clean my bathroom counter off or, you know, submit for this thing or whatever. There was like a bunch of like kind of scattered random things are on there. And in that moment, it's like, I ended up, I was cleaning the bathroom counter off. That's why I remember that one. I was just cleaning the bathroom counter off because I had surrendered to just like, I'm just going to do what feels freaking good. Right. And and so I'm like cleaning my thing. And then I just, I was listening to a podcast while I was doing it. And I literally was just like, oh my God, got the idea. Like me and Jackie have to do this. This will be so great. Like, Like, let me see if she's on board with it. If this sounds fun to her too. And that was like that moment. And it was just, and then of course, like you met me with that excitement and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. yes." (laughs) It's just such a, you know, and that's honestly like, that's like kind of what's, what's going like right now. That's like, I think what's on my plate right now is like consistently trying to radically live in that what's feeling good, what's feeling inspired and dancing with that okay, I also feel like I have these kinds of quote unquote obligations that I need to get done. And can I trust that by me following what's lighting me up and what's feeling expansive and feeling inspired that the things of those that need to get done will somehow get done. And (laughs) 
have to jump in because <laughs> what you're saying right now that you came to on your own, I had heard a version of this when I was listening to an Esther Hicks podcast. And it's something that always stuck with me. And I knew as you started telling the story in my head, I said, she's going to get there on her own. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> she was feeling super overwhelmed with her to-do list. It, it was impossible in her mind. I can't do all these things. And she was feeling angsty and frustrated, overwhelmed. And then you do, you sort of wake up every day, kind of tired because you're in resistance and you're just sort of feeling weight, the weight. Um, she was at lunch and she was talking to her guides and she was just stressed. And they said on the placemat, on one side of the placemat, write the things you definitely need to get done that you just, you really have to do imminently, not in a week, not in a month, but today, right now, what do you have to do? What would you like to do? And then write everything else on the other side of the placemat with a line in the middle. So she wrote everything, let's say on the left side, everything I have to do, it has to be me, has to get done. These are the things I want to do that I'm excited about doing. And on the other side was everything else. And they said, okay, that's your list. And on the right side, we'll take care of everything else. Which I is, love that. And let me tell you something. When you've been doing this long enough, and having what you said, faith that things will sort of work themselves out in the universe, your guys will take care of it. When you do it long enough, you will see evidence of that happening and it does happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Get the call out of the blue, right? I'm putting that in quotation marks saying, oh, guess what, Cass, we have this audition for you, this job for you, or something just gets taken care of. It just does. And you think, oh, that's where you have a bill and somehow you get a, an email notification that it was wrongly sent and whatever it is, it just works itself out. Yep. Absolutely. It just felt good. And I just said, always stayed with me. So sometimes I just think, okay, this is about to get done. And then I sort of say to my guys, you take care of everything else. Yes. I love that. I love that. I that's a good reminder to do that as well. And to say, I think my version of my like lighter version of that is that I have this um, on my notes on my phone. Yeah. I write down like all the things that like, I think theoretically I'd like to get done, yeah. right? Things that not, some of them are more urgent, but most of them are kind of like, this would be a good idea to do sometime or whatnot, yeah. right? But I'm not feeling like super inspired to do it in that moment. And I feel like similarly, now I want to, now I'm going to like leverage that to be like, okay, I'm giving this to my guides. But I also just feel sometimes like I have it there. And so I trust that like when the moment strikes, because sometimes I'll just like be in a mood, right? And I'll like kind of glance through that list and be like, what looks good, right? And, And so I'm like, it's there, I got it. And if it's meant to happen, like I'll have it, you know? But I think, you know, it's also, yeah, it's been pretty radical. And I I like what she did because I probably took it even a step farther than that, where I was like, I don't even care what I have to get done today. (laughs) But that I would say is is another really important lesson, which is that we talked about, which is following your highest joy. I mean, it really just is. And things do work out when you do. And listen, even just writing the list opens a portal. For example, for me, I, I, listen, I haven't been on Broadway in 15 years or however long. And I had been back to New York a million times. 
and I see, you know, a bunch of shows and I never thought twice about it. I never missed that life. I was good. And it was just so crazy because I went back at the beginning of the summer, sort of the end of the spring of this year. And I saw a show and it was the first time that I felt like I want to sing here again. And I came back and anyone I sort of mentioned it to casually, my husband would say, okay, so what are you going to do? Do you call your manager or what do you do? And I said, no, I do nothing. I, I opened the portal. There's nothing for me to do because I didn't have any inspired action to take. There was nothing. I didn't, it felt sort of, it felt efforty to sort of make it happen or figure out a way to let my agent know, whatever. And, and that's like, okay, I just want to pause you there because yeah. that's like such a high level distinction that is, I think really shows kind of where you're at on your journey and your evolution with things. Sometimes. It is so, yes. <laughs> we're all, we're all dancing, but like, it's so easy in that moment, right? When you get that idea of like, oh, I want to do this thing, right? For you being on Broadway, but for someone, it could be, I want to like be a writer, open a pottery shop or whatever it is. Right. And then you automatically feel, and, and in fact, there are some schools of teaching that would tell you in those moments, like you have to take an action, yeah. right? Like you have to do something on the physical plane. So like, what a Jedi move <laughs> to, just, <laughs> to just be like, there is nothing for me to do. And I will be given instructions. Yeah, if I had an idea that would have been inspired because I was in that juju and feeling good, but it wasn't coming to me. I just had the excitement about it. And I think just saying it out loud was the only action that I was inspired that to take. An action. Yeah. yeah. And then listen, out of, again, air quotes, out of the sky. Three times over the summer, I had to sing, and I just was called back to New York to do a concert with my friend Jen Gambatis, who started the concert because of this podcast, but I was singing in New York again. I just sang in New York again at 54 Below, and I realized, oh, this is real. That was just my point being, there's just evidence that things will happen if you just sometimes let them work themselves out and take the stress and the angst and the frustration out of the equation, which is hard sometimes, you know? Yeah, because it also takes a lot of trust, right? I think it takes a lot of trust to be able to say, I have this idea. And so that desire was born. The desire. I'm going to tell people that I feel called to tell it. And I do think that there's a lot of power in that because I remember even when we were texting, I think after you got back from New York or something, you let me know. You're like, oh, guess what? I just had this inspiration that I'm going to go back to Broadway, right? I'm going to do that. And so instantly then like now you're kind of like lighting up these other like energetic visions where now I'm like, you know, oh yeah, Jackie's going to be on Broadway, right? Well, yeah, and it's like, and who knows? where it's leading, right? Maybe yeah. it led for me working on my voice because there's a this coming down the pike. But I wanted to say, I wanted to roll it back to you because I do want to hear what you had to say about when your friends call you and they're in a way. So this is the interesting thing. And it's something I really struggled, which is, which is why I think it's a great thing to talk about is because I, I love that you said that it's like the kind of like a human thing for us to do because for a while, I thought it was like a me thing. And <laughs> I remember like I was, you know, this I was in like therapy, I don't know, like seven years ago or whatnot, working it out. And I was like, wow, all of my friendships 
are kind of based on this like commiserating energy where we're like commiserating and coaching each other kind of simultaneously. And I had this like, and what really like a manifestation event, as you would call it, um, I had a friend break up with me first time ever. It was like someone that was like really close to her, talked to all the time. And she, it, it was so random, but like kind of like what she happened and she just stopped talking to me, right? She just decided that like I was talking about this guy that I liked too much and just I didn't want to deal with me anymore, right? And just, anyway, so it was really weird. And I remember being like so thrown off by it because I'm not someone that really has friend drama. And, and then I got to this point with it where I was just like, okay, she wants to leave. I'm just going to let her leave. Like, okay. Like all I can do is like be open for a conversation and whatever. Anyway, what I noticed, which was nuts was after like two weeks of her not talking to me, I felt so good. Yep. My energy was vibing. I was more productive. I was just, I woke up better. I was moving through my day more. And I was like, wow, like what's going on? And I realized what was missing was that I wasn't having this like anchor to complaining. Right. Right. And that left to my own devices. I'm actually not like, I wasn't going there. Wow. And it created so much more space in your life too, because that takes up a lot of energetic space to sort of commiserate and it's actually related to what we were talking about too, which is if you're not a vibrational match to someone and you're, you may not even know it, but if a relationship is not for you, the universe, your guides, you'll take care of that too. They took care of it. Oh, you don't have to do anything. Well, cool. that, and that's also a perfect example of, I think that totally, I felt like it was like divine intervention yeah. on some level. And maybe, and I think also what was happening, what we were like, I was doing all this work and my career was really taking off at the, at that moment. Right. And that brought up a lot of uh, triggers for her. Yeah, right. And so it was like this weird kind of dance that was going on. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think is the solution to, to what we were talking about is that when you just anchor into your vortex or your highest vibration and you're focused on that you naturally will start to see who can hang that's right right? because for people who are not at the same vibrational level it's not going to feel good it's going to zap them to be near you it's going to activate a lot of their limiting beliefs it's going to trigger listen that's the best we can do always is that's how we shift the whole world is to maintaining our alignment and not especially when you're feeling empathetic and you're feeling someone else's pain to not get into it with them. And it's hard because like I said, that's how we've always sought connection. And because we do fear rejection and we do want to be a part of the pack. We want to be accepted. And when you're having a conversation with someone, you want to agree. It's just a natural thing to want to jive, you know? And I think, you know, I had recently one of my friends, two of my friends actually recently, also I believe by divine intervention, um, had some pretty horrific breakups, right? And so they were totally in like their human hurt around the situation. And so for me, it was easy, easy for me on some levels, I would say to hold 
like the human on that, but also just remind them. And this is also, I think, indicative of my friendships because I can speak to my girlfriends like this. Exactly. Like, I know that your human is hurting right now, but I'm going to speak to your soul and like your higher self and remind you of the truth and like remind it. And so I think that's, that's the other thing. It's like, if you have friendships where it doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen or we're not going to have human moments or whatever. Right. But if you have friendships where you can speak to that and be like, okay, There might be another girlfriend on your roster. Yes. going to be like, he's a jerk and <laughs> da, 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 da. And like, that's not like my, my like part of the council. Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they can find someone else to say it. Well, it's true. I mean, sometimes I've told you this, a couple of my friends will say, are you good if I give you a higher perspective or do you still need a, a minute? You know, yeah. you know me, I, I know you're the same way. I'm always looking to have that higher perspective because I know shifting out of that place is going to feel better because the thing that hurts is being separate from your inner self, separate from your source. So I want to merge again, <laughs> re-emerge. But sometimes you do need to sort of get the feelings out and it just takes a beat or a friend you know one of my friends will say I'm not in the mood for that right now and I'm like I got you but have you noticed you sit in a restaurant or you go on a hike the conversations around you that's all it is it's what you were saying it's commiserating and coaching commiserating and coaching yep oh, absolutely so we're we're trying to rewrite how we are really conditioned to interacting with people it's very different it is and it's scary and I think it on some levels it makes you I remember when I first like I had like a mixed bag bag of friends right (laughs) on different sides of the spectrum and I remember when I was like in the middle sometimes my friends that were more of just like a stand for being in their vortex felt a little cold Mm -hmm. and I'd be like oh my god I can't even like go to them with anything because you know they're just like and I wasn't like ready for it yet right right and then but and so that was really interesting um that's an interesting thing to I I wanted to land on that for a second so when you were shifting sort of into the spiritual goddess that you are now lighting up the entire world you did have friends that were had clarity and perspective before you had that understanding because I had this too where it seemed cold where you're like oh you're not you're not acknowledging my feelings or is that what you mean? Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy too, because these friends were by far my more successful friends. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, and I mean, at, at first I was like, and to this day, I would still, I would still say this, <laughs> that actually, if you like, my more worldly successful friends. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, they have a, like a very low tolerance for complaining, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if that's just my experience. I'm not saying that's like a hard and fast rule, but if you think about it, what clicked for me in that experience when I was kind of, ex- when I was experiencing more contrast and experiencing more of like a spectrum of like different ways friendships could play out yeah. was that, my friends that I kind of admired in in certain ways when while on some level I maybe felt like it was a little cold because I would approach them with a situation instead of kind of like lingering and belaboring it yeah yeah. they would be like okay let's figure it like 
let's figure it out. Okay, well, that didn't work out. So, but guess what? Maybe this is possible, but guess what? Let's do this. So, but, what's, right. but look, you're great at that. So let's focus on that, right? And, you know, and weren't like allowing me to like sit in like my little pool of sorrow. <laughs> um, but what I started connecting the dots with where I was like, wow, I'm spending a lot of time and a lot of that friendship breakup was kind of part of that big realization of that is I'm wasting a lot of my energy yeah this place of like complaining and this place of like we said before I had a story that said how do I create connection without some sort of like problem for someone to solve or you know yes yeah that's I just feel like that's really really powerful because everyone either does that or has the friend that does it where it's just that is the the avenue of connection is listen to what's going on listen to how bad this is you know yeah (laughs) um and and then the oh god I know like girl me too it's just you know what's funny so what we're talking about essentially is being your authentic self versus your inauthentic self right because we know now that when we are sitting in the sorrow, that we are just discovering more about who we're not, because that is not who we are. And that's important. There's nothing wrong with that because you need to know who you're not in order to know who you are. So it's not, that is not a judgment. There is no good or bad, right or wrong. It's all valid part of the exploration. But we do understand that maintaining your connection with your higher self, agreement with your higher self, alignment, whatever anyone wants to call it, feeling good, that that is when you're closer to your authentic self, meaning you're a being of love. That's who you are. So anytime you're close to being a a being of love, you're being authentic. I will tell you for me, the hardest thing, let me tell you, I'm going to admit when I am the least authentic, I am my most inauthentic self consistently when I am at the park. (laughs) What happens at the park? Because... So in this work, I have learned that my kids have their own guidance system, that I'm here to feed them, keep them alive, give them love, but they really, whatever happens to them is for them. And they are way more powerful than I will ever be. They're going to leave me in the dust. Their vibration is exponentially higher being a vibrational match to the earth. When they came in, they're equipped to handle things. I will never even understand, but I think I understand. Okay. They've got it. So what I've learned since first having Pearl, you know, when I first had Pearl, so controlling and like, no, 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 no. And if I said the word, be careful so much, which by the way, signals to your child that you don't trust or think they can do something. Be careful, right? Oh my God, watch out for that. And she was also like super klutzy and I was a mess. So controlling at the park. It's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Pearl, give it back, whatever. Well, now I have Sage. I know better let the kids work it out. This is part of their exploration. They need to have conflict. They need to have interactions. So when I'm at the park, (laughs) I feel that way, but other parents may not feel that way. So I do this thing where, and I'm just admitting it where like, let's say my son is in the sand and there's a kid playing with trucks. He goes over and he picks up a truck. The kid doesn't care. If the parents there, I'll say, Sage, did you ask if that's okay? Is it okay if I borrow your truck? You know, I've like become that parent who's like apologizing or, you know, if he takes something, I'm like, say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, it's so inauthentic, 
because I'm worried about what the other parents are going to think about me. Mm. Oh, and by the way, they may be like-minded and they may be thinking like, why is she stepping in? Who cares? But I never know. And I always yeah. err. Like if, if I'm with a parent who says to their child, say, thank you to me. Then I do it to my, say, th- what do you say? Listen, my kids always say, thank you. I don't need to prompt them, but I, I, it's the most inauthentic. If you just get me at the park, I'm not myself. And I really need to, I really need to give myself the challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, I'm exaggerating. Sometimes I am myself and I'm just like, whatever, but I do notice. Yeah. And that's like a place where, and it's, I think that exactly what you said. It's like, we compromise our authentic self sometimes because of what we think other people are going to think of it. That, well, that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. But, but in truth, we can't even find our tribe. Like you can't even figure out, like maybe one of those moms at the park would be like a great friend or whatnot. You guys would vibe during the park time if you were actually like who you are. And then she was like, oh, I just love how you just like let them do their thing. So much of it is about what we honestly, so much more than we admit is really about what other people think. It's the same thing when you're commiserating with a friend. If a friend calls you and has something going on, you want to relate, empathize and get in with them because you don't want them to think you don't care. It's always about what they think. Or or bringing your, I feel you've, maybe you can relate to this as well, where like both of us had, you know, successes younger on our path, right? And so there is this element that I totally think exists with females that doesn't, I don't think exists as much with males, where we don't want to come off like we think we're better than someone or we're more successful than someone or whatnot. So we like dim our own light and like turn down like our successes and all like the cool things we've done. Cause I found that was like a phenomenon that actually happened more to me after I had some success where I just want to make sure that they know that I'm like normal and, and I have problems. I I know it's so true. I, you know, I used to say before, even before I had my awakening, you know, I would word it differently now, but I would say, if you find yourself doing that, if you dim your light for a friend and that's not your friend, I mean, I wouldn't say that now, but yeah, like I do we do that. We're de- self-deprecating yeah. all the time to sort of knock ourselves down a peg to make someone else feel comfortable. Yeah, we do that a lot. And I don't hear my male counterparts doing that ever, no. ever. It's the like, oh, you'll be like the mean girl or whatnot, right? Or yeah, you're bragging, or you're like, you're all these kind of like words that like, you know, I think we deal with. And I think that's like, it's a similar, similar, but different thing to like what's going on at the park or what's going on when we commiserate in that way. It's like, we want to like level the playing field in some way. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, maybe this person next to me isn't as much of an evolved parent as I am. Right. And maybe they're going to feel uncomfortable by my evolved parenting. (laughs) Right. Most parks are pretty controlling. If someone else is sort of relaxed, you can tell immediately if they're just chilling on the bench doing whatever, just watching the kids. I know we're good. But when you have like, when you see the parents like, and that used to be me. So I say that with total compassion, just standing over the kids. I mean, now I don't do that at all. Now I'm like, you'll be fine. You know, they'll work it out. And by the way, I do, I do sometimes say they'll work it out. I just noticed that in life in general, I try to hold myself 
and again, I don't like the word accountable, but I try to, I do pay attention to when I'm authentic and authentic. And I would say that is when I am the most inauthentic is when I'm just with other parents that I don't know and their kids with my kids. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, and I do think that sometimes that the best thing we can do in certain moments is just acknowledge it. Right. It's just acknowledge it. Like I know I'm not Even me telling it to you now. I know the next time I go to so much more aware of it. Yeah, right? I'm just, just saying it out loud. Yeah. And then I go and I'm going to, I'm going to laugh at the situation. And I'm not going to jump in. And just yeah. And the, you know, yeah. that's kind of what I, that's what I started to do with my friendships where yeah. I kind of like baby stepped it where for me, it would have felt like a huge like because I had other I still I had other friendships that had similar dynamics right and so I'm not the person that would ever just go like radio silent on a friendship I just not in me and so but my way of handling that was like okay well if I just like don't talk to this person they're definitely gonna know and that would feel awful awful for me but I would have those conversations and I would make a commitment to myself that I'm not going to complain. So I'm not going to complain. Like I'll hold space for whatever they want to say or do or how they want to navigate things. And then when it comes turn for like the conversation to be flipped on me, I'm going to play with, and I I do this in my head. This is like how I trick myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's going to be a game, Cass. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play a game. Like what happens? What happens? So like maybe your game is like, what happens if I go to the park one day and I don't say anything? Well, it's just, I'm really relating to you though, even on the friend level. No, it's true because it's almost harder when you have a relationship. And I do have all different, I do have a lot of friends that, either are sort of spiritually inclined or understand that I am. So if I'm going to say something, I'll say, okay, I'm going to sound woo woo right now. And, and there's a lot of acceptance there and actually way more acceptance than in the beginning I ever thought there would be. Yeah. And then I do have other friendships too, that are not, (laughs) not there. Right. And I do know what you're talking about where there is sort of the dance it's the dance, but I do play around with how can I stay true to myself here and not beat the drum or for me it's a not get in the mud about what they're going through but yeah and then when it flips like can I can I hold my space yeah can I hold my alignment because I think so much of that like for me for me it's like it's almost because I'm I do have that like self-help, self-growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always like working on something or whatnot, you know? And so it's so tempting sometimes to be like, hey, I'm trying to figure this out. And, yeah. but what I realized is that, and so what I started doing, I experimented with this one friend who I really, really, really love, really, yeah. really love. We're practically family, but she is like number one culprit, number yeah. one culprit okay. of, you know, the drama. Mm-hmm. And so I, we'd have our conversations and usually she would end up like coaching me and, and I would be like, this feels awful. <laughs> so <laughs> bad, right? That's and, <laughs> and then I played around with like, what if the next time we get on our calls, you know, I don't really, she asked me what's going on with me. And I'm like, actually things are going great. Like had some great podcasts, did this good thing. You know, I, rattle off a couple cool things that are going on and then throw it back to her. Yeah. 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 Things going on with you. And 
she shared some of her stuff. And then if she wanted some of my input on whatever her stuff is, she, all my friends definitely know, like, you're going to get like the spiritual woo-woo thing back for me. I don't have for much else, right? And so that was fine, right? She gets that. And what I realized was that she stopped calling me so much. Right. She stopped calling me so much because I wasn't like, we still text and she'll not giving her what she's hang out. No, she's at a vibrational level. She, she's not getting from you what she wants to get, but she can get it somewhere else. And that's fine. Yeah, and she absolutely does. I'm sure she does. And right? that's great because it's, we can only really control ourselves. And I say control, meaning we're responsible for ourselves. It doesn't feel good to beat the drum of things that are going wrong. You'll notice it has momentum, right? And you know this, so I'm saying yeah. this. For anyone listening, you feel it when you start to tell the story and then you say, oh yeah, and then, and then, oh, and wait, it just, you, it doesn't feel good. The momentum increases, increases, increases. The more specificity with which you're telling the story, the quicker it goes and it doesn't feel good. And then you hang up the phone feeling 10 times worse than you did when you picked it up. So then when it starts ringing, you go, oh God, I don't want to go there. Right. So again, you don't have to make that decision where I need to cut this person out of my life. If it's not meant to be in your life, if you are holding your ground, your authentic self, holding space for yourself, it's just going to sort of peter out on its own without any difficult conversation. I have actually a question for you. Do you ever, there's two things that popped up in my head that I noticed because we're just talking about how this all sort of plays out in our life. I have one friend who will be anxious and you know and when you're anxious what do you do you act on urges to control you want to control the people around you and the conditions and she'll say I have inspiration for you and she'll just tell me what to do (laughs) I have this inspiration for you have to do this and I can't say that's not inspiration you're just telling me what to do because you're you're totally activated right now that happens and so I'm wondering if anyone uses the I have a different but same friend okay good <laughs> I'm dying right now I also have a friend who will say I have this inspired idea and if it doesn't jive with me and I say oh I'm not gonna do that and the person says oh you're just afraid and I say I don't care what you think that is not so inspiration is not always leading where you think it's gonna lead and me saying that I'm not gonna do that is for you. It's not for me. Yeah. I notice now people in my life sometimes trying to manipulate the work to get what they want. Do you notice that? It, yes, absolutely. 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 And I think one of the most insidious things is when youth have inspiration for other people, mm-hmm. right? I really think most of our inspiration is self-focused, right? And so it's like self-focused and sometimes like within the instant of this, right. Or it was like, it's a self-focused inspiration that included you. Right. So There was no doubt. Also you feel the difference. You don't feel like an ick feeling. You feel lit up by it. Well, that's the thing is like, you can tell the difference based on how you feel when you receive something. And also I would even venture, we could even go like, even if in that moment I was in genuine divine inspiration and for whatever reason, like you just like booked a show and we're like, 
man, Cass, that sounds awesome, but I'm literally like locked into filming for the next two months. I can't do it. Then that's a clean whatever, right? And so maybe that inspiration goes on like the shelf. And also, but you don't know where it's leading. So let's say it was to create a manifestation event for you to deal with whatever limiting belief or, or some feelings you have about yeah whatever it doesn't matter but it's always for you so it was inspiration but it doesn't always go where you think it is so yes so I it's so funny that you bring this up because I literally had a huge breakthrough around this um (laughs) the past couple months where I have a friend who is in this work and is like very psychic and intuitive and like tapped in and stuff and so a couple of them actually right and so sometimes these friends will like to give me career advice Mm -hmm. right and they have their opinion and especially about um you know now that I'm also venturing into acting and kind of doing what I'm doing now plus the acting like everybody has an opinion on it and like what's the right way to do it what's the other thing anyway so it gets even trickier when someone then is like utilizing the like, I was inspired or I got a download or I got a hit or I'm <sighs> getting a vision, right? And they use these things for a way, like you said, of like kind of controlling or maybe they're feeling, or here's what I realized. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's for us to be able to distinguish our truth. I, right? yeah, see this, I feel that because- your, how you feel, your gut, your intuition will let you know. And because I will tell you that in this work, I have felt this calling to when somebody does give me an inspired idea or call it an inspired idea, if it invokes fear in me or negative emotions to say yes and lean into it and then process the resistance, Mm -hmm. but it's not always inspired. So there's one friend I have that's always asking me to do things And there are always things I would rather, and I'm not kidding you, step into a pit of snakes, okay? I don't, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? What's our resistance? And I always say yes. And I, and by the way, my guides have always come to my (laughs) my defense and have somehow made those things like go away every time where like something was canceled or this happened. And I was torturing myself. And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, these aren't inspired invitations. And it's okay. This is coming out of fear for her. She may be wanting me to show up because she wants to show off something or put these people together. And I don't know. And I'm not going to venture to guess, even though I do have a guess. That's why it doesn't feel good for me, which is why we go back to follow your highest joy. I don't need to say yes to everything because someone's calling it inspired. And by the way, sometimes there is inspiration and fear does pop up to stop you from doing it and you have to push past the fear, but that's different. It feels different. It feels different because when someone says something like, if you were to say to me, you cast, you were just telling me an idea for this show. And I got this inspired hit that like this production company would be great for it. And like, you should like pitch it. Right. And then my immediate reaction is like terror of like, <laughs> like, who am I to pitch this thing to them, right? But then I think about the like, okay, but if that went well, 
that would be amazing and I would feel great then it's like okay I know that that's just fear and that's me just kind of getting out of my own way and like whatnot Uh, versus you saying like oh I really have I think you should pitch this production company or I think you should do this show and I'm just like not I'm just like not into it right I'm like actually I don't feel really I don't like that what shows they do, or I don't like the idea for the show or whatever it is, right? Just not jiving with me. So even the idea of it ending up like best, like 3D world outcome, isn't really that thrilling Mm -hmm. because I'm not really signed up for it. And I think that's the difference there. And then I think there's also the, it's funny. So this is so perfect for this. So I had these two kind of like manifesting or aha moments or whatever around these topics and they're both ends of the spectrum I think to kind of balance out the the lessons of this so I had this one friend that was doing this right that was kind of and I don't I don't even think it was malicious honestly I don't even think she at all I think she thinks she was giving me great advice or whatnot sure yeah so but every time she's giving me this advice it just felt icky right it felt like okay like I trust her I know she is very intuitive and like tapped in but it just I was feeling all sorts of resistance to following it and like all the things right and then I have this aha one day I'm talking to my husband and he's like and I'm like processing it with him about all the stuff and he's like and I feel like Jason would be the same way about stuff like that and he's like Kat he was like Cass, like look at she was giving me career advice and he was like, look at what you've done. And like, she doesn't have any, like, she's not doing anything career wise. Like, why would you take career advice from someone that has like, isn't even in like the same industry or wheelhouse or anything about you? Like she doesn't even have any like experience or what, right. Which is like a very like, kind of like grounded, like human thing to say. Right. But, but it kind of clicked something in me. Right. Was like, Oh, I'm taking energetic advice from someone who isn't kind of energetically where I want to go right which was a big aha and then I had a second so I was like okay the lesson is that I don't take energetic advice from people that are where I want to go so then I had this consultation call with this woman that I really respect in the like uh, industry opposite end of the spectrum complete opposite end of the spectrum yeah right someone that has like boatloads of experience and (laughs) expertise very specifically in the thing that I was asking them advice in and they gave me advice also felt a little frustrating (laughs) and and I was sitting with that and saying like okay well like on a credit accreditation scale sorry I have to stop you I'm laughing because I feel like your guides are like we are laughing at you because you're looking to these outside sources and you have all the answers. Why are you asking? This is why it doesn't feel good. And you know it. Sorry, but go on. Okay. Well, that's obviously the biggest lesson here. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the number one lesson. And I have, I do have a, a tandem lesson, but yes, go on. But the other thing that I realized in that moment, after I got off the call, which I appreciated her time and her insight and, and, and all of that, it wasn't necessarily like bad or negative in any way. It was actually like very positive and creative what she was saying. But what I realized from both experiences is that people can only speak to you from the level of possibility they hold. Mm-hmm. Right? That's and it. So oh, I've chosen. Both, 
both sides of the spectrum had their own right on on some level you know my friend that had absolutely no experience was kind of maybe going over some of her own limitations or her own dichotomy of beliefs yeah, right exactly 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 and you like only everyone is only as open as their own limited perspective allows them to be everybody's interpreting through their limitations yeah and so then the other side of the spectrum was had this like this other idea based on all of the levels of experience that she had which again it, it wasn't a bad idea it wasn't a negative idea but the I, the as soon as we got off the call what like came through for me was just like oh but like you're so much more magical than that yeah right? it's well any of this advice is limiting because yeah. It's putting all the ideas of what you can do in a box and what you can do is way beyond your imagination. Listen, when you got that TV show the first time around, I'm sure it wasn't like you got advice and you did something and then the, it all came together beyond what you ever could have imagined. It, it, the reason it doesn't feel good is because your guides are laughing because the things that are coming are so big and you, these conversations are so tiny compared. And, and you're like, oh yeah, so who do I need to talk to? What show and then idea? Like, no, 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 no. It's all working out. It's on that side of the placemat. It's all happening. And by the way, the thing that I that I think you you're going to relate to me on this, talking about open and candidly about our experience with this, is I think it rubs up against like for me a people pleasing thing that I've had to process because that knowing that you sort of said that you believe sometimes people throwing inspiration at us and it not feeling good is about us getting in connection with what we know in our bones, what we know in our spirit and our soul and being able to hold true to that takes courage. And the people pleaser in me wants to say, Oh no, no. Okay. We can do that. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try that. Or I'm going to show you how I'm taking your advice or I'm going to take on that inspiration. I'm going to do this because again, acceptance and wanting to connect with people so I've noticed sometimes that that it's bumped up against the people pleasing and that's something I've had to really process and that was a light bulb for me in this oh absolutely especially when it comes to friends I think you're like I don't offend my friend or I don't want to like whatnot one of the little like hacks I think I've done to get around that like um articulation wise is if someone like throws out a a suggestion for me or something Mm -hmm. like that I'll just be like oh thanks I'm gonna like run it through my operating system and like see where it sits right or like great like I'm gonna take that into high consideration and I'm gonna and I do right like if I love you I'm gonna take something into high consideration I'm not promising I'm gonna do it but I respect your thing and I'm going to like take a moment and sit with it and energetically gauge it and you know and and I find that a lot of the times if I just let them know that, like I'm going to sit with it and, you know, honor it in that way without guaranteeing that I'm going to live in, most of the times they just kind of drop it. People focus on their own stuff anyway. What you're doing inherently that's so beautiful is you're taking that beat. It's always just about if somebody says something to you and it sort of makes you anxious and feel icky, it's just not taking action in that moment because anything you say just will rub the wrong way. It won't feel right because you're not feeling at peace. But if you just take the beat, yes, thank you. I'll take that into consideration. Then by the time it either just goes away or by the time it circles back, you're, 
you're back into a centered place about it. You could speak openly and honestly, and it will be received better. It's all taking that. And and that's been a big lesson too, because my tempo is really fast. Right. So I, I have a need to sort of work things out, figure things out. And it, that's been the biggest lesson for me is that time. It's just, if I don't, if I feel in any way unrest in my body, then I need to not take any action. I need to wait until the unrest is gone. And I feel like myself again. And also one of the things I tell myself in my head, because I also have a lot of people pleasing stuff to work through that my, if a friendship is strong, it can survive. That's right. Me like going against the grain. Right. And I try to just remind myself of that because I think that's where my mind goes. My mind goes where like in an irrational, completely irrational way. Right. Like, Oh, like so-and-so told me that, you know, I really should do that. And then if I don't do that, you know, then what if, they're going to be thinking this thing of me or they're whatever, you know, whatever it is. And that's also like, you know, we talk about how sometimes we build intimacy and friendships through commiserating or complaining, but like talk about like an authentic way to build intimacy by like having someone be able to like come to you in a space of being like, Hey, I have this idea for you. And you being able to build intimacy by being like, okay, I'm going to sit with that and then maybe come back to them and be like, hey, you know, I sat with that and this is what come up, came up for me. I actually think like maybe right now I shouldn't be doing anything and I'm just kind of going to wait for the next inspired action and I appreciate your insight or, or whatnot. Like who knows? Maybe that can open up an even more authentic conversation. Exactly. Or lead to a different idea. I will say this. It's so interesting. What's fascinating about the people pleasing thing is that I have no problem if someone says something like that. If I said something to you and I texted you, I have this idea for you and you literally text me back. No, that's terrible. I don't want to do that. I would think that's funny. Like I wouldn't, I it's, so it's a weird projection that I put onto other people that I'm going to upset them when I myself in that situation wouldn't be upset at all. Oh, absolutely. Again, it also just shows you, it's another one of those examples of like, when you just start showing up away, yeah. You may find that some of your, some people around you might not be able to hang yeah. with that. And so I think there's that inherent fear, but it also just shows you it either one teaches people like I, there are certain friends that I think I've taught that, that I'm always open to hear everything. And I love hearing people's ideas, especially if they're excited and stuff, but I'm not always going to listen to them. Yeah. Right. And that's become part of like our agreement. (laughs) And I think that people are, that are not okay. If people's self-validation is connected to like, even when I coach my clients, like I literally have people that like pay me that work with me. And when you coach with me, I will like, usually when I'm in a client session, I'm like an idea machine, right? I have like all these things flowing through me and I'm like, and you could do this, you could do that. And I'll always say like, listen, like I'm like an idea, like machine. I'm like a bubble machine. Like I'm going to like throw all these bubbles at you, but it's up to you to like grab the ones that are exciting for you. Right. Throw out the rest. And like, I'm just with whatever's moving through my channel right now is coming through and could be genuine, can be inspired, doesn't mean that like all 50 of them 
are what you should do, you get to discern which one you should do. I'm right? laughing you again just because I'm again thinking about you going to anyone and talking about your own career when you have that ability, when you're tapped in. <laughs> be the bubble idea machine and again it's just comical that to even so okay so on the on that i i agree it's hilarious but you know humans were ridiculous of course um i do it too how would you maybe like compare contrast the experience now when you had this like inspired idea of like oh i'm open to like being back on Broadway or doing something in that world, something with that kind of essence um, and how you're going about taking action, not taking action, getting advice, not getting advice versus maybe an earlier time before you were like using all these tools. Well, it's interesting. I think now what I, and I mean in the last couple of days, something I'm very aware of that you actually started talking about earlier is about simply making space for something in your life. If there's something that you really want, how in your life have you made space for it? And is there any focus on it at all? This is the now. So right now, and you and I both, we love acting and we love television, right? And this is the first year since I graduated college that I didn't work because I was so immersed in the spirit world and doing whatever other things that have been coming, producing, also just real estate, enjoying other passions. Yeah. And there was no space. And lately I thought, whoa, how do I create space? Because I, I do love it. And what can I do just to give some focus in that direction, but not, not the career, the passion of the thing. Mm, yeah. Just the enjoyment. How can I just do something that's fun, right? And in the past, girl, and come on, in the past, it's wake up, write emails to my agent. It's get new pictures. It's work on my resume. You know, you know, it's the equivalent of people in the work industry redoing their website. It's what do I feel like I have control over that I can just manipulate? Um, You know, even now, a lot of times people ask me for coffee. They ask my husband for coffee all the time he and I just went for coffee with this young guy who just graduated college. And it's the questions are, you know, how do I get in? What do I do? And, and Jason and I, and Jason has done this naturally. He is not really in the, I call it this work, but he's just naturally. And I know, you know, this because he's so, he's like so tapped in and yeah, they, they because it's, it's so, I find this, it's so, it's a tangent and I'll stop after this, no, but you know, it's so connected. And by the way, if you haven't listened to your podcast, uh, Jackie's podcast with Jason, you should, because she told me that that story and they talk about it on that podcast. And it's just amazing how, but I find with creative, like really genuine, like creative spirits and souls, like your husband, like this happens, right? Because they're following that creative intuition. But anyway, go on. Yeah, it's true. But so the advice is always, just do the thing you love to do and don't worry about it. it. It's the same thing. Put it on the other side of the placemat. It will work itself out. So what makes you excited? He said, get your, literally he said, make your tribe. He's like, who are your friends in town that you like to create with, that you like to interact with, create your community. 
and just have a good time where this kid wants to know, like, where can I intern? Where can I PA on your show? And he can, and he's been a PA. This kid's doing it, but that's how you erect buildings versus creating worlds. That's how you keep a limited, if you have a limited view of a path, I do this, then this, then this, then you can absolutely acquire that path. And it will be so much more limiting than what's possible. You're yeah. just narrowing the playing field. And it's very hard to have faith in this. As we talked about the trust that it takes to say, oh, is that really how things happen? Yes, it really is. You know this story. You know that after both my babies and I was otherwise focused, the biggest jobs happen. It, it just, it just is. I don't know how else to say. <laughs> well, no, I think what you're getting at, which is also, I think, huge is that it's not as linear as we often think it is, right? And that's also kind of like the advice that you would say that it's not, nothing is a straight line. This guy, it's like the kind of like linear 3D muggle version of that is like, great, I'm gonna get an internship. I'm gonna PA on a show. I'm gonna have coffee with people, right? I'm gonna try to do all these things that like the conventional world will have me check off a box to get to where I'm going. Same thing like with the acting, right? It's like, I'm gonna have my headshot. I'm gonna email all these people. I'm gonna do my little thing in the planet that I can do to kind of move my little thing forward. Whereas it's never, I love what you said for it's like creating a world versus erecting a building. It's, I wanna like write that somewhere. It's true. It's like whether, I love the idea of like creating the community. That's been like one of the things for me is just like, you know, um, making, like having more like friends in different worlds, right? That are like, you know, in that represent different interests and passions. And and also like you were saying, creating the space for it, but creating a space for the feeling of the passion and not just a space to like do the busy work. It's like, I'm reading this book right now on filmmaking. Um, And one of the things it talks about like, he's constantly like, okay, he's like, listen, you could take all these courses. You could read a bajillion more books, but like, just start making little shorts. That's what Jason like, always says. Just create, create. It's, it's so funny. One of my girlfriends, she hasn't had a relationship in a long time. She's been very focused on her career and just recently was in a friendship with a man and it's kind of going away and it's created this space in her life. And now she I guess I told her back in the day to have two nightstands because she only had one. And I was like, if you want a relationship, you need another nightstand. But yeah. it was it was full okay. of crap. So she's cleaned it out. She had two sinks in her bathroom. She's made space, made actual space. And she doesn't have the dog sleep in her bed. So the reason this is interesting, you're bringing it up because I was thinking to myself, okay, what's the career version of cleaning out the other nightstand and making space? It, it's... I- right? Like what's like the concrete fun, fun. And when I say action, I'm inspired creating space for the thing. And it could be like an acting class. I, I will tell you that really does not resonate. Yeah. Well, but maybe it's getting with a friend and creating something or writing or whatever, or like you're reading about filmmaking, whatever it is, there's a focus there. And that's it. You have a focus there and a joy there. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because I, one of the things I did in my office, you can't see it right now because it's on this side of my office, but this side of my office is kind of like my bookshelves and my desk and whatnot. The other side of my office is a self-tape studio. 
Yeah. So I have like all my lights, I have like my tripod, my different backgrounds and like all of those things. And that was like one of the symbolic things is I was like, I had this space and there was a temptation to make it like this like cute, like coach seating nook area with like fluffy, you know, a fluffy couch and a chair and like all this like spiritual stuff. But I was like, no, symbolically, I look at that every single day, That's right. every single day when I'm here coaching my clients on my podcast, I see those lights. I see the backdrop. I see everything ready for me to go when I have something to do. <laughs> and I think there is something to creating that kind of space for it where you like have, like she has that now that. That's your nightstand. That's your nightstand. The nightstand is huge. I literally, I was one of the things I did too when I was calling in my husband was asking myself, is my bedroom and house ready to have someone else here, Mm -hmm. right? Even though like he didn't, like it's not like he moved in with me. But like when he was like staying over and like, I was like, I want to have a place that like, if I have an incredible, however, whatever date, you know, I can just ask someone to come over and like, it is ready. Yeah. They're sweet. And there's an energy to that. And I love, I love that you have your on camera equipment there because that is exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, it's just, and it pulls your focus. So you have that focus every day. There's some focus there in that direction. And, and, and just also like what you were saying about with the, when you got the idea for Broadway and then like, weren't, didn't feel inspired to do anything. I did not. <laughs> and it's also that, like, I have that sometimes, right? Yeah. To me, it's like, okay, it's there. That doesn't mean that like every day I'm like forcing myself to do something. No, no, it's, it's, it's there. Almost like it's there so that I actually even can discern even more right? You could tell when, we off. That's right. Yeah. Am I actually inspired to do something? Am I creating this space for, and, you know, going back to, am I realizing that none of it's linear, right? So maybe I think, and it was funny because this was like a conversation I actually ended up having with that woman that I just mentioned, where she was like, she actually said, which I did resonate with, was she was like, your path is not going to be typical, right? right? She was like, you're not going to be the person that goes like co-star or guest star or whatever, you know, like, I just don't see that for you. Right. And, and, and whether or not that's true or not, it's being open to the fact that like, it doesn't have to be right. Also to let go of time in these equations, because in the non-physical time doesn't exist. So the, the difference between six months and five years is the same. So we have to not be in this crazy rush. And listen, we limit ourselves when we talk about age and those are self-imposed limitations, <laughs> nothing to do with anything. And that's not how the universe works. So just do yourself a favor and forget it. Let it go. You're just limiting yourself and you're the only one doing it. Yeah. Because that's just not how it works. Well, I think it also, for me, um, one of the things that I think I've gotten better at and, and both of us have along our path and you get, it gets easier to do is being in that space of like having a desire and letting it be mm-hmm. and just letting it be just let right? it be. and just owning it and being like, Oh, well, I have a, I have a desire and then trusting that, you know, I think that's one of the things that probably makes both of us 
um, struggle with taking advice from other people Mm -hmm. in that way, Mm -hmm. because inherently in taking advice from someone else, you're kind of unplugging from your own little guidance. So like I had a friend that was kind of like, focus, you should just like only be doing your acting classes and auditions and all of that stuff. And like, stop distracting yourself with all this other things that you do. Right. Which I could see like from some school of thought, why that would be advice one would give. Right. Yeah, of course. But taking any kind of black and white advice like that, or any sort of sweeping generalizations and things like that, it's not honoring the nuance of your alignment and your energy on any given day so maybe one day you wake up and you have an inspiration and you're like oh my god I'm gonna call my friend Shoshana and we're gonna like do an IG live and like sing our favorite show tune right now because I'm just really feeling this show tune song ever and that feels fun one day right And then like the next day you're like, you know what? Oh my God, I got this inspiration for the podcast. And I really want to like reach out to this person and have them on the podcast because that sounds really good. And the next day you're like, oh my God, I just, you know, I really want to like play princess with Pearl. And that sounds like the best (laughs) thing in the world this afternoon. And like, I want to do that. And it's like through living a life of that, then all of a sudden, whatever's meant to fall through will fall through, right? And instead of spending you know, the way I always see it, instead of spending like, let's say that whole week focusing on like, let me email all the Broadway producers or whatever, I don't even, I don't know the world, like email all the Broadway producers, do the muggle thing to try to like hustle your way in, right? I know you would never, but the way I think sometimes then the universe shows up is that the exact right person that needed to see the random silly Instagram live of you singing Frozen with your best friend sees it and is like, oh my God, Right. There's Jackie been my whole life. You don't know where it's, and that's the thing. If you and I, it's a good reminder for myself too. When I am feeling in the contrast, when I'm feeling in the desire and the not having and the lack of, one of the best things, other than meditation, just another tool, is hold yourself accountable to act on an inspiration every day. And and if you we've talked about this, or five in a day. The more you do that, the quicker, faster, better you will feel. It just gets you, like you said, it has momentum. It gets you on that path. Oh, I have this idea. Okay. I will tell you something. Somebody did actually write me once and said, let's do an Instagram live where we're singing because I posted something me singing. And I, it was before I really started this work and I was in fear and I didn't push past. I said, no. And she's creating a Broadway show now, you know? Like they're always, your guys are sending you nuggets all the time. By the way, one thing I didn't mention was after I went to New York, I landed and I got uh, an email asking me to perform for Jerry Mitchell the following week. And Jerry put me in my first Broadway show. Jerry has 15 Broadway shows. He put me in two, two shows. Here I am now completely rendezvousing with Jerry a week later, just me and him in a dressing room, having the best time telling stories. It was insane. And I was like, I can't believe the evidence. It's so bizarre. And maybe yep. that turns it or doesn't five years down the road or doesn't whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is something is percolating. Obviously I had not sung for years. I mean, this was just crazy, right? So the idea is yes, just act on the inspirations, push past the fear, 
but also trust your gut so that you can discern between an inspired idea and someone else's urge to control you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone else's projection of what their possibilities are. Because the thing is, is that, you know, nothing is like inherently good or bad as far as like anybody's right. advice that they give you. I mean, maybe right. there's some like really bad advice, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for the most part, the people that you're interacting with, they're probably trying to help at whatever level they can. And, but then it just goes back to that of like, you know, going back almost to the, the moment to moment of like, okay, well, it feels good. Yeah. Right. Because it was so interesting the the viewpoint that I got right that was kind of like both of the sides of the spectrum were very kind of like you have to do this and it has to be that it was like very like this is the path right but usually my little like controlling like Capricorn mood OCD like I love a little list that I could check off and accomplish you know would love like loves that but that's not like authentic to my alignment or like the truth of my path nothing is ever been linear in my life and so there was like that feeling of like okay well great that could happen that way but like then of course my mind goes but what if I want it to happen the other way and you know and in that moment it's like no for me for me the answer is always just bring it back to the day-to-day right like bring it back to like what's like the next thing that feels like joyful and alignment and if I'm following that then whatever it is whether for me it's like if it's if the most joyful thing in this moment is having a podcast interview with you then that's the most productive thing in this moment that I can be doing and I don't know what anything is for and similar to how you were talking about that like and I love that because I saw that kind of play out on your Instagram. And like, <laughs> yeah. I remember like you texted me about that. You hadn't necessarily texted me about like how the other things were happening, but I just saw like pictures of stuff. And I was like, boom, that ball is rolling. Like that energy is just rolling. And, you know, it was the same, you know, it was like the same thing that I think for so many of like the opportunities my, in my life has happened that where it's like, as soon as I just like open the door to it, then all of a sudden I remember once I opened the door to acting, literally the first thing I auditioned for, I booked. It yes! was like, you know, it was like a small, it was just a small independent film. Or don't do like that. that. Don't do that. Uh-uh, don't do that. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> We're not doing that here. You booked the job. The job was perfect, divine, and beautiful. We are not going to play it out. Yeah. And it was, and you know, it was, it was, it was interesting because when, again, it's like another lesson. And when I booked that, I wasn't really... I don't know if I had even started taking class or anything again. I was just winging it. You know, I kind of had that moment, right? Where I was like, I think maybe I'll play with this again. Like, I'm feeling called to this. Let's see what it is. And I remember like, you know, the old things you could submit for and, you know, saw some like independent things I could submit for throughout some auditions and like booked. And I was like, well, okay. And so... But it's funny because then I also like felt like once I, you know, once you, once I got tried to do the more muggle thing, right. Yeah. It almost like blocked me. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a constant like reminder of like, it's not. Check in, keep checking like, in. To just check in and checking in of like, what is that next thing? And I think, 
it is like that journey and like one of the biggest challenges I think for most for most people definitely I think for most women because we all have that like need to be liked and wanting to people please is to like stay can you stay true to what's authentic to you above all else can that be so sacred to you that you defend that you know at all ends I I I I absolutely co-sign that and I will say too to ask yourself when you're deep in the desire, why? Why do you think you want it? What feelings do you think it's going to cultivate? What are you really looking to feel? And can you cultivate those feelings now? Because in the attractive universe, if you can cultivate the feelings now, if you can cultivate excitement, then things will come that make you feel excited. Yeah. That's how it works. So it's, it's, absolutely getting back to the present moment following your highest joy when you're in the lack asking yourself why why you want the things you want and what you think they're going to make you feel yeah and getting into the creation mode around it yes you know like I love that like how do you create that space in your life by already there's nothing that you can't create so whether it is like this grad this new grad being like hey go find your friends and like shoot a film this weekend and yeah. you direct it right if that's what you want just, to do just do or, the you know I work with a bunch of people that want to be coaches a lot of you know my clients they want to be coaches I'm like why are you waiting for clients to coach like go put it out there like hop on Instagram live give a good tip share like a struggle that's and share right. how someone could move through it like yeah. don't wait for someone to give you permission to do the thing you feel called to do just like go do don't the thing you feel called to do permission to do the thing you are called to do I just love that phrase <laughs> we always by the way every time we talk I have like 17 titles I didn't write any of them down. I know, we could like hit on 7,000 <laughs> topics and talk for like seven hours um but that's why I'm so excited that we're doing this so we're gonna do this we're, we're gonna, gonna do, gonna do like a reoccurring series you we'll be able to follow our journeys and, you know, hear kind of the refinements and then, you know, kind of hear, you know, on, on our next episode, like kind of where things evolve for different things, exactly. different the things. Struggles, the discoveries and in real time. Absolutely. I'm so honored to be here with you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I this is so fun. And I'm just excited to see you again. And we all need to scratch the surface. There's so many things to talk about, you know, we're talking about friends and, just starting new careers, rekindling old careers. And we haven't even talked about getting married, honey. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. I mean, I think, I also just think it's so perfect. It's so funny because I didn't even, I, I didn't think of any, I didn't come into this thinking of anything really that we talk about because I just knew that whatever we talk about would be perfect. And that we have so many things that we could talk about that yeah. like, but I love that the it's friendship thing came up because I really think that's gonna I think that's such I think so many people struggle with that or that's like something that a lot of people dance with especially when they're doing this work yeah. that we don't talk about a lot and so I'm really glad that 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 came up and I also love that both of us are having these little like renaissance I know. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that too, because it, it, it's also interesting. It's the relationships thing, um, not getting into the mud with your friends. It's when you're talking to other people who are also sort of in this work using terms and stuff that we use 
in a way that sometimes doesn't feel right and incongruous yeah. with what I want to be doing. So that and the making space, right? And that, that listen, I'm absorbing this as well, right? So this is we're speaking on it and living it at the same yeah. time. So. Yeah. Which is why I love it, which is why like I was really inspired to do this kind of a series because I think I want people to hear what it looks like in action and like what were like the examples that I gave, like your park example and my example of these like two to like they were like recent. Yeah, <laughs> that too. wasn't like five years ago. Like that's <laughs> like stuff that like we're in real time kind of dancing and juggling with. And I think that it's really helpful for people to see what it looks like in real time. And um yeah, I'm excited. And and you know, if anybody wants to email, if you have an idea of a specific question or topic that. that you want us to riff on you can email assistant at Cassandra Bodzak and we'll save them all for our next episode we can like play around with incorporating some Absolutely. of those things so if there's like specific topics you want to know about or have yes, us like course, give me some- <laughs> I love you so much I, I love you too. To see your face and so honored to be with you and spend this time with you thank you Oh, thank you. I'm honored that you agreed to this inspiration. <laughs> Easy, yes. I will see you all next time on Coffee with Cass and Jack. Coffee with Cass and Jack. <laughs> Genius.